0: My name is Brian, and I'm the lead pastor at Grand Valley Church. We hope that this message helps you explore faith and connect with Jesus. Today we are wrapping up part three of our series called Bible Study, talking about how to read the Bible. And we've been looking at the Bible, which isn't just one book. In fact, it's 66 books the 39 books of the Old Testament and the 27 books of the New Testament that all together tell us the story of who God is, what he's doing, how he's present in our lives today, and even what God is yet to do in our world. And throughout this series, we've been talking about how the Bible has two main purposes, to point us towards God and to lead us into wisdom. And last week, we did a bit of a dive into how do we understand the history and the context and the genre of Scripture when we read these writings that were written thousands of years ago. And one of the things that we talked about last week was that all the books of the Bible were not written to us, but they were written for our benefit. So even though it feels sometimes like we're reading someone else's mail or we're reading things that really weren't written to us, Scripture was still written for our benefit. And so today, we're going to be diving into this question of saying, why do we still read the Bible today? Why do we still spend time studying it, learning about it, listening to people teach about it, and even shaping our lives around it? Why do we still read the Bible today? That's what we're going to dive into. But I want to begin with a slightly different question. And because maybe this is a little evident to those of us who have followed Jesus for a long time but what does the bible mean to people who don't know Jesus maybe you're just you have questions about faith you're exploring or you're kind of checking out our church online and trying to see what we're about as a follower as followers of Jesus and as a community so what does the bible represent to people who don't know Jesus? What are the kind of the ways that our wider culture around us experiences the Bible? And frankly, some of these things aren't that pretty because one of the ways that people encounter the Bible if they're not a follower of Jesus is something that gets called the term Bible bashing. And Bible bashing is when someone takes Scripture and turns it into a rule book and turns it into legalism and use that to try and condemn or control people's behavior. And, and like we talked about in the first week of the series, that is not the purpose of the Bible at all. And maybe the other way you've heard the Bible talked about, and, and maybe this is more from a political perspective, is maybe you've heard someone talk about biblical values, Of Maybe someone claiming and saying, I'm the biblical values candidate, so you should vote for me. And usually what that means is they're trying to appeal to followers of Jesus, of saying, maybe you don't agree with my whole platform, but I believe in these things that I think you believe in too, so that's why you should vote for me. And this is when the Bible gets used as a tool where the purpose is to gain votes. And maybe that's been your encounter with Scripture. Or there's this one that maybe your encounters with the Bible is to see it in terms of swearing an oath, that in a courtroom someone put their hand on the Bible and said that they swore to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And today in Canadian courts, it's not required to put your hand on a Bible and swear an oath. There's different ways of attesting that you'll tell the truth. But that piece has seemed to have held on in our TV, in our movies, and in our culture, but It's an odd one because Jesus even said we shouldn't swear an oath. We should just always be truthful. He says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. But somehow that one is stuck on. But this last one is probably the most common. And that is to view the Bible as old and outdated or an antique. And maybe it gets phrased in this question of saying, why would you read something so old and so out of touch from our modern world? Because if the Bible was written thousands of years ago, and some portions written even longer than that ago, how is that still relevant for today? And that's what I kind of want to dive into in saying, why do we still read the Bible? And why does it still matter for today and our world here and now? See, that takes us back to what I said at the beginning about our Bi- the Bible's purpose that the Bible has two purposes, to point us towards God and to lead us into wisdom. And when I say the Bible's purpose is to point us toward God, that doesn't just mean for a first time to encounter who God is, but it means that our faith is a journey that we walk. It is not a thing that we achieve. In fact, our faith is something that we constantly grow and develop and dive into further. Because the Bible is designed to lead us in our walk with God just as much as it's designed to reveal God to us for the first time. And maybe through this series, if you took my challenge to start reading the Bible, and one of the starting options that I gave you was the letter that Paul wrote to the Church of Philippi, known as Philippians. And near the beginning, right after the introduction, Paul says this, He says, Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make requests for all of you with joy, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard until now. He's celebrating and he's thankful for them. And then he says this He says, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So this passage means that God has begun a work in us of revealing himself to us and reshaping and drawing us to be more like him. But that work continues in our faith. That work continues until the day when Christ Jesus returns. And that's why we talk about here at Grand Valley being a community that's focused on leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus, because it is about encountering Jesus, but it's also about that growing relationship, about going further in our faith day by day. And one of the things that helped me understand this about Scripture was a a metaphor, and metaphors always have their limits, but this is one that really helped me understand the Bible and start seeing it with new eyes. And that is to understand that the Bible is like a network of signposts that all point us towards Jesus from wherever we currently are. Every one of us has different experiences, a different background, a different upbringing, different encounters with followers of Jesus. But the Bible serves as this massive network of signposts that is all designed to draw us into the core of who Jesus is. It doesn't matter what our starting point is. What matters is the trajectory and the motion towards Jesus, and the Bible serves as constant reminders and pointers and encouragement to be moving towards Jesus. And this is a perspective that one of Jesus' disciples took when he began his gospel, which just means good news, and he he wrote his gospel to tell the story of Jesus. And so John was one of Jesus' disciples, one of Jesus' inner circle, And as he's sitting down late in his life to write this down and preserve it for future generations, he begins with these three words. He says, in the beginning. And if you've ever cracked open Genesis, the very first book of the Old Testament, the the Hebrew scriptures, it begins the same way. It says, in the beginning. And so John uses those words on purpose because he's saying this is a new starting point. Even if you don't understand the history of everything leading up to this point in time when Jesus came to earth, we can start here and know who Jesus is. And so John writes this. He says, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. Now, note that that word, Word, is capitalized here. That's because John is using it as this name and it's a specific Greek word that means that it is the word that brings life and purpose and meaning into existence. This is more than just a word in our language. This is meaning it is something that is spoken into reality and he uses that as a way of referencing Jesus of saying Jesus was with God, Jesus is God, he existed in the beginning with God. And that's how he starts this story to say that Jesus didn't just appear when the New Testament began. Jesus has always existed. And this brings up this this distinction and we want to go to our friend Peter Enns who's a professor of biblical studies and an author and he puts it this way, and this, this quote's a little wordy, and I'm going to spend a little time explaining it afterwards. He says, for Christians, the capital W word, meaning Jesus, is what the lowercase w word, the Bible, is pointing us to. The word is not the same thing as the word, but it points us to the word whom we can experience in our spirit. And he goes on to say, or to put it another way, the word, meaning the Bible, is a thing, but the word, Jesus, is a living being. The word is not the word, but it serves to bear witness to the word. So he's saying the Bible is not the living being of Jesus, but it bears witness to who Jesus is. The Bible's purpose, when we say it's to lead us to God, to point us towards God, means that it bears witness, it is signposts, that point us and draw us towards Jesus, who is the one that gives purpose and meaning to everything. Or another way of putting it is to say that all the signposts in the Bible point us towards Jesus as we figure out the path we're walking in our present reality and our context. This is something that generations of Jesus followers have done Before us, when they've looked at scripture and they've looked at the words and teachings of Jesus, they've looked at what God is doing and what He's calling us to, and saying, What's the path we walk today in our current reality? You know, maybe like you, I'm really tired of hearing the words unprecedented and new normal. I'm tired of hearing those words to describe this season of life we're in. But there's some truth in them. There's truth that this is a reality that our ancestors haven't experienced and so we have to look at the world as it is today and say so how do the signposts in the bible still point us towards jesus in this time here and now and that brings me back to the bible's purpose of saying that it's to point us towards god and to lead us into wisdom because those two things are absolutely timeless Those two things can happen just as well in the 1st century, in the 10th century, the 15th century, or even now in the 21st century of saying, how are we being pointed towards God and being led into wisdom? In fact, this is something that Jesus talked about because we say, well, how does the Bible do this? Jesus gave that answer to his disciples on the last evening he was with them. As his disciples were wrestling and struggling with this thought that Jesus was going to have to leave and then he would come back, but then he would leave again and they wouldn't see him again after that, Jesus tells his disciples this to comfort them and give them an answer. He says this in John 14. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. And so in this verse, we see all three persons of the Trinity. Jesus is talking about himself, I. He says he talks about God the Father and then God the Holy Spirit, the advocate who will lead us into all truth. And he goes on and he describes the purpose of the Holy Spirit this way. He says, "The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you." He says the Holy Spirit is with his disciples right now in this moment, but later will dwell in them and a few verses down in john 14 he says but when the father sends the advocate as my representative that is the holy spirit he will teach you everything and remind you of everything i have told you see if jesus is the word that brings meaning and purpose and life to everything that is really the the cornerstone and the foundation of our faith more so than the Bible. The Bible isn't the foundation of our faith at all. The Bible points us to the foundation of our faith. The Holy Spirit will teach us everything and remind us of everything that Jesus has told us. And then a little later in the evening, as they keep having this dialogue, Jesus says this to his disciples. He says, There is so much more that I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He says there's more about this that Jesus wants his disciples to know, but they can't handle it yet. But the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, is going to guide them into that truth. And says, He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future, and he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. So Jesus is saying that the Holy Spirit will be speaking to the disciples. will be guiding the disciples as they begin this Jesus movement, as they later go and start telling about Jesus to the whole world, as they go and preach and go to the ends of the earth. And we still have that task and responsibility for us, those of us who consider ourselves follower of Jesus, to be carrying out that task of leading and doing and following what the Holy Spirit has said. Now, you might remember last week, we talked about how the Holy Spirit was active in writing scripture, how the Holy Spirit guided the authors of scripture as they wrote the words that became our scriptures, our Bible today. And that is how the Holy Spirit spoke then. But what Jesus is talking about here in John 14 and 16 is that God still speaks today through his word, meaning the Bible, that points us to Jesus, the capital W word, and by the Holy Spirit revealing truth to us. This is the purpose of the Holy Spirit, to guide us into truth and to guide us as we read the Bible. And there's a word we use for this called illuminate. When we read the Bible, often the Holy Spirit will illuminate a passage of Scripture leading us to understand its wisdom for our present circumstances. And, and maybe you've had this experience before where you've been reading Scripture and suddenly a verse that maybe you've read dozens of times before suddenly just means something new to you. Maybe there was a, a part of it that you just realized, wait, this applies to a situation I'm in. This applies to something going on in my life. That is a moment where the Holy Spirit has been active, revealing. God's word to you. And that is a moment of how God speaks. It's not the only way that God speaks, but it's one of the ways that God still speaks and why we still read the Bible today, because this is one of the primary ways that God does speak to us today. Is that God speaks through His word that points us to Jesus by the Holy Spirit being active, illuminating part of that scripture to us so that we understand its wisdom. Now, again, we have to remember what we talked about last week, that there is a gap between when Scripture was written and our current day and age. And so sometimes we need to make sure that we're diving into that context and the historical parts and facts of that time to make sure that we're not twisting Scripture into meaning something. In fact, that leads us to this next part, that before we act on this newfound wisdom that the Holy Spirit has given to us as we've read Scripture, we have to discern its truth to make sure we've heard and understood correctly and this is the process of of taking what we've heard from the holy spirit taking what we've read from scripture and saying are we sure we understand this because one of the things that's so great about who god is and how he's active today in our lives and active through the bible is that god doesn't mind repeating himself in fact i think god repeats himself often throughout scripture, through the Holy Spirit. In fact, there was a time in my life where I had a really difficult decision to make. And somehow over the, this two-week time period, there was one verse of scripture that kept coming up time and time again. I'd read a blog post and be in that. And then I'd read one of my assignments for my degree that I was working on the time. And, and that verse would be there. Or I'd be in a conversation with someone. They'd be like, you know, I read this verse and it just, it just spoke to me and I, it really encouraged me. And after probably the 10th time, I got the picture and realized, wait a second, I'm supposed to take the meaning of that verse and say, what am I supposed to do now? I'm supposed to apply that to my current situation. And it set me on the path that I'm still on today. But what we have to do in that moment is there's some filters that we have to run it through and we think we've heard from the Holy Spirit as we've read Scripture. And I'm going to move through these kind of quickly but they're things that will help us make sure that we are following those signposts that point to Jesus to the best of our ability. And the first filter we can use is to ask this question, does the wisdom or guidance we've received align with the rest of the Bible? God is not going to tell us to do something that contradicts his written word, contradicts scripture. God is not going to tell you to, you know, maybe you read the Old Testament story of when Abraham lied about his wife and claimed that his wife was really his sister so that they would be treated better. God is not going to have you read that passage and say, well, you should lie about this situation you're in because that's going to help you out. In fact, that's not going to happen. God is not going to tell you to do something that contradicts the rest of the Bible. God's not going to tell you to lie about something, just as an example. And so that means that we actually have to know more about what the Bible says to be able to say, does this align? The second filter we can use is to ask, have I sought out the wise counsel of other followers of Jesus? And, and back to my example about that verse that just kept popping up time and time again, it was through people that I considered to be mentors and people that were guiding me as I was figuring things out were some of the ones that brought this up. Sometimes God speaks through other people or sometimes when we're reading scripture and something leaps off the page at us, it's actually not for us, it's actually for someone else. And so are we having these conversations in community about our faith? And the next filter is to say, is this new guidance or wisdom continuing the path I am already on towards Jesus? I don't think God ever makes us take a U turn as we're going towards Jesus. We sometimes might make a decision that takes us on a U turn and and takes us away, but when the Holy Spirit speaks, it will always point us towards Jesus. And so we need to ask that question, is this guidance pointing me towards jesus and maybe if you're saying well i don't even know where on this path i am maybe i'm just questioning and figuring this out you could just ask is this pointing me to jesus is this helping me understand jesus in a new way or is this helping me be more loving and more caring in my relationships with other people but is this helping us to know who jesus is and become more like him Because this is why, ultimately, I read the Bible. is because the Bible is not silent about the challenges and the realities that we face today or in the future. In fact, as we read God's Word, as we read about the experiences of people who were chasing after God, as we read about the, the eyewitness reports of the disciples who walked with Jesus, or even as we read the the historical books or the books of poetry and we get to see how people wrestled with God and wrestled with their faith in their current reality, we can see how the Bible still speaks about the challenges and realities that we face today because of those two pieces of purpose, because the Bible exists to point us towards God and to lead us into wisdom, because wisdom is always relevant. Wisdom is always relevant no matter what our context is. And the Bible is not silent about what we're experiencing today. It doesn't say in 2020 we're all going to have to meet online and stay six feet apart from anyone and, and wear a mask and wash our hands and do all these things to protect one another. But the Bible does say we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so whatever it means to show love to one another we're going to do. And right now, that means even though we want to be together as our whole church family together, and we want to be the, the community that is constantly inviting people in to experience who God is and to see that community, right now we can't do that because this is what love requires. And even one of the other major topics of today that has, has come up more in this series The Bible is a book of justice. The Bible calls for justice. It calls for injustice to be corrected time and time and time again. And in fact, whole chunks of the New Testament deal with racism. We sometimes may not see that, and maybe as a pastor I haven't called that out enough, but this undercurrent of the whole New Testament is this this conversation and this This debate that's happening about what do we do about people who aren't Jewish who come to know Jesus. And there were groups within the church, in fact, Peter, one of the disciples, was one of them who acted differently around Jewish Christians than he did about Gentile Christians. And that is racism. And Paul had to call him out for it. Paul had to confront Peter to his face. See, the Bible is not silent about the challenges and realities that we face today. And so it's up to us to say, are we diving into that to see how the Bible is speaking? Because the Bible is not a magic eight ball that we can just shake and an answer appears on the spine. We have to be spending a regular practice in God's Word if we want to be able to see the Holy Spirit speak to us through it. And so I want to wrap us up by going back to that verse in Philippians when Paul says, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. We don't like the term work, but it is a work. It's a work that God does, it's a work the Holy Spirit does, but it's also a work that we do in partnership with God. To say, are we becoming more loving? Are we becoming more like Jesus? Are people seeing us as representatives of who Jesus is? In fact, we, I, I said this quote from D.L. Moody in the first week. Of saying, out of 100 people, one will read the Bible, 99 will read the Christian. So how are we representing Jesus to the world? So where do we go from here? Here's what I want to ask you to do to read, to ask, and to pray. Spend time reading scripture by yourself, with others. Dive into it. Ask for the Holy Spirit to light things up on the page, to illuminate and to reveal truth to us in ways we haven't experienced before. And to ask these questions, how does this passage reveal God? How does this passage teach wisdom? Because you will realize an answer in every single passage of Scripture. Sometimes it takes some work. Sometimes it's very evident. And then spend time praying through that Scripture. Pray and ask for God to work in our lives the way we see Him work in the lives of the people in Scripture. Pray and ask that God would speak to us. Pray and ask that God would use us. Pray and ask that we would have opportunities the way that Paul had opportunities to tell people about Jesus. Because that is how the Bible is still relevant for today. That is how the Bible reveals God and teaches wisdom. It's when it is lived out through us. That's what all this means. And so I hope that in this series, this has inspired and drawn us to spend more time reading the Bible, to spend time diving into God's Word and letting it shape and guide us and talking about scripture with each other because our faith is not something we live alone. Let me end just by praying for all of us together. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that you made it possible for us to know you through scripture and that scripture is alive in the way that you reveal it to us today. And God, as we look around at our world and we often feel hopeless Or we feel like we just can't take hearing about more tragedy and more atrocities. God, would you give us a capacity to love? Would you give us a capacity to hunger for justice, to hunger for peace, to hunger for mercy? And would we be your witnesses, your people throughout the world, wherever we're listening or watching this, wherever our communities are, that are revealing who you are to those who need to encounter you in your name we pray amen folks thanks for watching thanks for joining us for online service and next week we're going to be back here again for online service and so i hope you'll join us again next week thanks for listening to our podcast if you know of someone that would benefit from hearing the message you just listened to Would you do us a favor and share this podcast with them? And while you're at it, please consider subscribing to be the first to hear when our podcast is updated. If you want to join in on Sundays, our services are streaming online at 11 a.m. Central. To find out more about our church, go to mygrandvalley.ca and you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for My Grand Valley. Thanks for listening.